0: I'm going to say a few things that you probably do in your life. Before you go to the movie theater, you hop onto YouTube and you watch the trailer. Before you accept the new job, you hop onto the website Glassdoor and read reviews of former employees to find out what the company culture is like. Your van broke down and you need to get a new one a new-to-you-but-used one, but before you go buy one, you go to the dealership and you test-drive a couple. When you go to the eye doctor and she prescribes you a new kind of contact lenses, you get a trial pair to see if they're going to burn your eyes or not, if they're going to work. You meet a person online, and instead of proposing marriage on the spot, you go on a date with them. Or you go to a brewery, and before you get a whole glass, you get a sample of the kind of beer you think you might like to try. You're tasting. You're testing. Or another word, when you do all these things, you are judging. This is what what you do. Uh, You don't promise to watch all eight seasons of The Office before you've watched the first one. You don't commit to buying a whole box of contacts because they're expensive, unless you find out if they're going to feel good in your eyes. You don't marry someone, at least not in our culture, until you've talked to them at least one time. These are the things that we do. We taste, we test, we judge. And these things, in a way, are the exact same thing that God tells us to do in 1 John chapter for. So, listen to these words. God tells us, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, you are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This is God's word. Now, in other words, don't believe everything you hear. Don't just believe everything you read. Don't believe everything everyone says to you, no matter who they are, but instead, test everything. Taste everything before you believe it. That's what verse one says because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now in general, this is true. This is true in spiritual ways and just in the world in general. And we see it in food. There are many false ideas out there, or at least ideas that you don't know what is true. For example, low carb is good. No, 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 no low carb is bad. Eggs are really good for you. Actually wait, no, they're horrible. It's just the egg whites that are good for you. Or no, no, wait. It's actually the egg yolks that are good. Coconut oil and its fancy medium chain triglycerides. They're the best. Give it a couple years, oh, no, they're, they're actually the worst. A glass of red wine is really good for your heart health at night. Oh, oh, wait. Also, alcohol makes your sleep patterns not be as good. Wait, what do you believe? They can't all be true. There are false ideas out in the world. And so God says, test them all. You can't can't just make a snap decision when you're testing something. What's true out in the world is even more true when it comes to a spiritual sense. If you're going to test something, you can't just decide like that. You have to actually taste it. You have to look at it. You have to examine it. You have to look at it closely to determine if it's bad or good or somewhere in between. And verse 2 says this. It tells us how, how do you test it. You, you have to have something to measure it against. Verse 2 says, This is how you recognize the spirit of God. This is how. You ask, does what you hear, does this spirit, does this idea, does it acknowledge in its greater context that Jesus is the Christ? Meaning, Is Jesus the promised savior? Is this spirit, is this idea, this thing that you read or that you hear or that someone says to you, in its worldview, does it acknowledge that Jesus is who he says he is? If so, then great, this is from God. If it doesn't, it's not from God. And in order to find out, you have to taste it. You have to test it. Now, the hard part about this is that there's no idea, there's almost no person who's going to come to you and say, hey, you should listen to this because it's not from God. No one's going to say that. The devil's never going to come and tempt you and say, you know, you should bow down to this little statue that I made, this little two-foot-high figurine made of stone. You should probably worship it as your God. That'd be way too easy. The devil is way too clever for that. No, he's going to come to you or there's going to be ideas or people who come to you and they're not going to say, this is not from God, so listen. They're going to seem like they have the Spirit of God because they're going to seem like they're looking out for your best interest. They're going to, in effect, say, here, see this Spirit, see this idea? This is what is best for you. This is what you most need in your life. If you have this thing or if you believe this or if you live in this way, then life is going to be really, really good. Now, it, it seems almost silly, and I'm not against TV commercials, but an example of this is TV commercials. It might be the shampoo commercial, or it might be the new car commercial, or it might be the Buffalo Wild Wings or the Bud Light commercial. What is it saying to you? It's coming to you and saying, If you have this shampoo, if you have this vehicle with the red bow on it, if you eat these chicken wings or you drink this beer, Mm. your life is going to be out of this world good. You are going to be as happy as the people in the commercial. Life is going to be incredible if you have this. Now, that's a sales pitch, but here's the serious question what's the commercial that you're watching in your heart? Maybe it literally is a commercial that you see on, on TV, and that's what you really long after. But what's the thing that in your heart you say, "Ah, oh, if, if I had this, or if life were this way, man, then life would really, really taste good. Maybe it's something you see on TV or maybe it's another really good-sounding phrase. Be true to yourself. Trust yourself. Be yourself. Trust your feelings. You do you. Sounds really good, right? And if you pushed me, this would probably be the um, single most destructive thought pattern that is among us. Because it's so hard to do. It's so easy to forget not to do. We forget to test even ourselves. I don't like testing myself. I don't like finding out or even thinking about the possibility that my thinking is wrong in some way. We forget to test ourselves, and we simply trust ourselves. But we can't do that, because sometimes our thoughts, sometimes we're just wrong. And I'm going to use a very extreme example and you're probably going to react by thinking, Pastor, come on, why did you go to that? That would never be me. But it's true in this extreme example and, and it can be true of us, too. We just don't like to admit it. But there's a man about 80 to 90 years ago who trusted himself. And he thought his feelings were absolutely the best thing. Except that his thoughts, his feelings, were that the world would be a better place without any Jewish people in it. And so Adolf Hitler killed six million, probably more, Jewish people. He was true to himself. He was true to his feelings. And they were horrifically wrong. Now, if he could be so wrong in such a grand way, isn't it true that our hearts, our feelings, we could also be wrong? We could be off. We could be feeling the wrong things that being true to ourselves would actually not be good for us because sometimes we ourselves are wrong? I don't think it's possible, not probable. It's, it's more, it's definite. God says, test the spirits, test the ideas, test everything, even test yourself. Every thought that you have, ask, does this acknowledge that Jesus is who the Bible says it is? Does my thought fall in line with what the Bible says? It's hard to do, but God says test everything. Test the spirits, even the ones that come from from inside of you. But don't just test yourselves, test everything you hear no matter how trustworthy you think the person is who is saying it. And I don't mean to cause you not to trust me, but don't trust me. Even when I'm standing up here, I want you to listen and believe what I say, but I want you even more of all to test what I'm saying. Test it. Take what you hear right now and in the rest of this service and go to the Bible and test it. Does it match up with what the Bible says? One way you can do this is, when you leave here, what do you leave primarily with? Do you primarily leave having heard that Jesus has put you at peace with God? That he has taken away all your sins? That in Jesus, your Savior, God has declared you guilt-free? And that he has won you and gifted you by his grace, eternal life in heaven? Is that primarily what you leave with? If so, wonderful. That's what we're going for. Or do you primarily, most often do you feel like you leave here with you know five, six, seven ways to live that's gonna make your life better? Like here's ways to live, as opposed to here's what Jesus has done for you. Test that every single week. And if there's a Sunday, if there's a Sunday when you leave here feeling burdened because basically I told you how to live a certain way, call me out. And say, but, but Pastor Nathan, I thought you're always support, supposed to point us to Jesus and what he's done for us. And God willing, if you say that to me, I will say thank you <laughs> and I'm sorry. Test what you hear, even here at church. Does what you hear tell you God's truth about who Jesus is and what he's done for you and who you are? And I are. Test it because I'll tell you as a pastor, and probably I speak for all pastors, it's incredibly tempting to make it more just about us than about Jesus himself. Is what's said, does it tell you who the Bible says you are? Well in 1st John 4, the Bible tells you three things that you are. Number one, it says that you are God's friends right in the beginning. Dear friends. And why are you God's friends? Because He friended you. Then a couple of verses later it says, You are dear children. Because God adopted you. Not because you chose to get adopted. Uh, we didn't we didn't do anything. God just chose to. He didn't have to, but he chose to make you his child. And then the best one, it says in verse four, that you have overcome. You have overcome. All the spirits that are constantly trying to pull you away from God. And here's why. Because the one who is in you is greater. And the one who is in you is Jesus himself. He is the one who overcame all the other spirits, all the other ideas that are out there in the world. He, he turned water into wine. He proved it. And Easter's not for eight weeks yet. But Easter is true every day. And on Easter, we celebrate the fact that Jesus overcame even death. There's our proof. He turned water into wine. He rose from the dead. He overcame all the other ideas, all the other spirits in the world. Because if someone rises from the dead, you have no choice but to listen to them and submit yourself to absolutely everything that he has to say. And because of this, John tells us, who are you? You are one who has overcome all those other ideas because Jesus overcame them for you. And we're going to go a little broader. We said it in the opening responses, Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. My dear family in Jesus, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's another pastor. His um, not so secret word is this. When he's with his wife and his daughters, or he's by himself, and there's an amazing moment, and they want to remember it, they say, This. When he sees something out of this world beautiful, or when forgiveness, even when someone has thrown a big stone, when forgiveness is flowing, One of them says, this. It's their way of remembering that this, this moment, this joy, everything good in life, it came from God. Because everything good in life has come from God. Everything good in life is a little taste, a little taste of just how good God is. So they say, this. To remember that that this isn't just this. But this is a good thing from a good God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste test even God. He invites you to. Test yourself. Test me. Test everything you hear. And test God. How do you do that? Well, first, whatever your favorite food is, What if you could eat unlimited amounts of it, and you would never get sick of it? It would never make you sick. And it would always taste as good as the very first bite of it does. Now, that's never going to happen, because too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. But what if you could? What if you could eat your favorite food in unlimited quantities all the time? How much of it would you eat? You would eat as much as you possibly could. That's how God is, except he never starts tasting bad and he'll never make you sick. You can taste God in unlimited quantities. And he invites you to, he actually commands you to taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you do this? Here's one way. Set a timer for 15 minutes a day and just read the book of Mark. If you're like me, when you sit down to read the Bible, you struggle like, what should I read? There's so many options, so I'm giving you one option. Read the book of Mark. 15 minutes every day. It doesn't matter how much or how little you read. It depends on how, you, how much you think or, or the speed at which you read. But read. Read about Jesus' life and everything that he did. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And one of the ways in which the Lord is so good it's because he doesn't demand blind faith. One of the kids earlier said she liked Brussels sprouts. You know, it's typical that kids don't like Brussels sprouts. God doesn't say to you, you should just trust me that Brussels sprouts are the best. No, God cooks up the best Brussels sprouts this universe has ever seen. And he proves it to you that they taste good. What do I mean? God doesn't require blind faith of you. He has proven his love to you over and over and over again, and you find it in unlimited ways on the pages of the Bible. He doesn't just require blind faith. He sent his son, Jesus. There's an actual Savior. There are historical events that happen. It's not just an ideology or a set of values to live by. Jesus actually came to earth in the flesh. He lived here. He turned water into wine. He did countless other miracles. And, and he died, and in his death, he defeated death because he came back to life. You can taste and test God in unlimited ways in the Bible. So taste, taste, and see that the Lord is Good. And because the Bible proves that He is good, test everything else in life up against what the Bible says. Test everything you read, you hear, what your friends say to you. Test what you do. Test what you think. Test who you believe you are. And test everything you hear in this church from me and from every other spiritual resource you might engage with. Test it all. Because you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. Allow me to pray for us all. Dear Jesus, there are an infinite number of things in this world that are speaking to us in one way or another. Spirits, ideas, worldviews, Things we read, things we hear people say, conversations we have with other people, and even the ways that we think. Help us not to trust any of them unless we have first tasted them, unless we have examined them all and measured them up against your word. Help us take advantage of the blessing you've given us, the Bible in which you tell us about yourself over and over and over again in so many different ways, in which you prove your love to us time and time again. Help us every day to taste you, to taste and see that you are truly good. In your name we pray, Jesus, because you're our Savior. Amen.